beats, the flow, the rhythm, all movements start from the streets, Street saying our podcast. Your palate expands exponentially when you get older. You be, yeah. you just want to try. Like, damn, I've been missing out mm-hmm. for fourteen years. I'd have missed out. Mm-hmm. That was like, bro, when I was at we were in uh, Cali at that conference. I swear to God, man, that was the best snack I'd ever had. They had that damn uh, granola bar, open bar like granola and stuff. Trail mix bar. Mm. They had everything you could possibly have for trail mix. They had that shit. No, mine was like a tropical trail mix. I was put every single piece of fruit possible known to man in there. Mm-hmm. All dry fruit. I think they had dry kiwi. They had guava. They had everything. I'm like, yo, this shit fire. I, my mind was hooked up. I was mad. I went back out. Damn bar empty. Mm. <laughs> you, if you didn't get there in that within that 20 minute window, it was gone. I couldn't believe it, man. Shout out to the grown up snacks, man. That part because <laughs> it was just be hitting. Dry fruit. That's how you know when you're starting to get older. You want dried shit. <laughs> like, I want something that'll last more than a week. <laughs> I like the regular fruit. We like our fruit wet. Well, dried is good too. Mm. Only thing dried is good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. It's gonna be God. Fun. He didn't have some of the sweet neck. Hey, look at him. Hey, he hey. talking about the dry. That's the only thing that's good. He thinking about everything wet he didn't touch the past month. Look at young God. He's still on his retention. He mad. He like no, he don't I'm even dry. speak about retention no more. I'm, I'm dry. Young God don't even yeah. speak about retention no Man, more. I went to college. Yeah, he got his freshman fifteen one pounds. Pound in. <laughs> he pounded fifteen. I see you. <laughs> he said, "I can do an extra fifteen pull ups now. It's on." Yeah. Man trying to grow some wings, I see. He said, I want to get my, my wings, my back right. Mm-hmm. He needs your back right for us. Something for her to grab on. That's all good. Yep. All right, it's yep. all good. <laughs> it's all good. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Health and wealth. Health and wealth. <laughs> to the point where he said, it ain't even about the girls. That ain't how you define a man. I, mm. Yeah, we seen the video clip. Mm. It ain't, mm. look, because he look, look, he like, I can't define myself like this. But I'm the man now. <laughs> I, I am the man, but that's not why I'm the man. It's the process of getting. That's what make me the man. Mm. Not getting. Mm. Listen, he said he the he the red pill. That part. Y'all playing over there. Mm-hmm. It's all good, man. Man, this is gonna be a good one. This fine. Uh welcome to the streets and our podcast, man. It's your host, Giddy Jicky with it. It's your other host, Johnny No Good. And it's, you know. It's good to be us, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> having a good day. Johnny having a great day. He's smiling and shit. Oh man, I'm chilling. I'm you know, been a good day. Just got done with my classes. I'm ready to chill. It's been a real good day. Professor No Good <laughs> over in the building, man. Shout out to him, man. Giving these kids that not even just poetry this year, also teaching them that good gardening. Man. Um, getting your hand in the earth. Sometimes it's like it's not even about the product that come out, just the ability to ground. Like don't even know they don't even understand that they ground in themselves. They don't. They don't understand a lot of stuff, man. Shout out to the students, man, because in the class, bro, they do not fuck with me. They do not fuck with me in the class. But in the hallway, oh, yeah, man, we in the garden class and in the hallways and talking to their parents. Oh, yeah, they love the class. In the class, they not fucking with me. I'm I'm surprised. I'm like, bro, this shit is appalling. I'm like, bro, like, y'all act like y'all don't like me. Right. <laughs> but y'all brag about the class. That's, that's, the, that's the generation, bro. You ask them, how you doing? Fine. And they elated, really. They really love it. It's cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> so they treat you like they in class. Nah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Throwing me off, man. Guess you back in the dorm. Guess what we was doing, man? We was, we was out here like they, they was like, yeah, all the students bragging about the gardening class. I'm like, these students? Mm-hmm. Who y'all talking about? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. Shout out to the students, man. man they, as long as they engage, bro. That's I mean, what they say it's more. It's more about what people say behind closed doors, anyway. So mm. it's a good thing in general. Mm. Ain't nobody mad, man. I'm glad you could be, you know, of inspiration and in working with them, man. Yes, sir. And then, and then, you know, that really kind of leads into some stuff that I wanted to kind of discuss today. Like, mm. like we've been doing this shit for a minute now. Mm. And um, I think on our first episode, we talked a little bit about our backgrounds. but mm. And we always ask the question of our guests, how did you get started? What What inspires you to do what you do? But we never really asked ourselves and answered that question ourselves. Mm. So I thought it was just, you know, we on the second half of the year. I thought it was just a good good thing to do, like to let people know like kind of where we get our not just music but creative, you know, inspiration from. Mm. And mm. and kind of how that plays out, you know. Mm-hmm. And it and it's really, really hit me um, shout out to the Culture House, man. We just did an amazing uh, event and talk um, about, you know, it's like top five, this, that, and the third, like top five MCs, your top five DJs, producers, and everybody, you know, had they listen. I'm like, I don't got a top five. Mm. And, the, and the reason why I didn't have a top five, and I told them, I was like, I stay current. I stay in the current. I don't, I'm not a person who dwells on the past in general. Mm. Like I have stories and I have memories and I'll frequent those and I'll recall those and I try to recall different ones because so much has happened, but I don't stay stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had conversations about, mm-hmm. especially with people when you listen to their cars riding around or they stuck in that era, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like mentally, mm-hmm. like everything. Like, like, no, listen, like it's a brother I seen the other day at the gas station. He pulled up bumping that Webby Savage life too. So, you know, you know where he's stuck at, you know what he on. <laughs> And that's I got six twelves. I got six twelves. I'm with you. I had to go and rebuy that album, bro. That motherfucker is a monster. I ain't gonna lie. And is they tried my cars. Is it my clothes? <laughs> hey, that's the, that's what yeah. young God need to listen to. Yeah. Young God, you got to get that Webby uh, Savage Life too. That that's a classic album. Man. That's a perfect album, bro. Yeah, that might be a perfect album for what it was. But man, it's yeah, a it's miracle. <laughs> it was on man that album crazy yeah. yeah it's just I just got to thinking like not just you know what drives me cause one of the questions was like your top DJs and they asked me cause I DJ and I'm like oh, to be honest I don't have a mm. I didn't grow up in music in that way of hearing something when I was a kid like oh, I wanna do that growing up Man, I was playing ball you know what I'm <laughs> saying like so um for me, all that stuff musically and finding people who I related to as a DJ or looked up to as a DJ came way later. So, like, for me, it's just learning, not even learning, like, it's, of course, like, DJ Jazzy Jeff, but it was also, like, for me, I'm like, well, I grew up in Texas. Hmm. So I said DJ Screw because hmm. he was influential in the sound that we were raised in, like, influential. Like, he created a a sound, a, a style of music. Chopped and screwed. You know what I'm saying? And and then for me, I was the now said I had DJ Mr. Soul, who's here, who taught me how to DJ. There's there's no other answer I could give. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it just got me thinking, like, what, what, you know, we never really talk about our inspirations, though, for 
in general, whether music, creativity, bro. And I just want to just to give some time to be like, this is helps shape me or pushes me to think outside the box or whatever it is, whether doing events or whatever. So I just wanted us to talk like I just wanted to know from you, Johnny, like hmm. what are some of your creative inspirations, hmm. whether it be specific people, projects, styles, whatever. What are some of your inspirations that mm. have helped to shape who you are and be able to help you take your own shape? Man, well, that's definitely a fire question. And I think when I listen to that or get asked that question, first off, it goes to music. Um, so, I mean, like yourself, and it's literally, you know, I didn't talked about it before, but the person who taught me how to do music was my older cousin, my cousin boss man Sherman. Um, literally, I remember being in the in the sixth grade. Shout out to the homie Clifton. They, he had FL Studios three, and I remember making my first couple beats and taking them over to my cousin house, and he went crazy on me because I didn't know how to count bars. <laughs> so uh, you know, originally a song might be something like a back then in those days it might be like an eight bar intro. You might kick into the chorus or you might go straight into the verse. But usually you're going to do like an eight bar intro, an eight bar chorus, and then go into the verse. Um, and I think my first verse was like 32 bars long. So he just respectfully um, went crazy on me and asked me if I knew what I was doing as far as counting bars. And that shifted everything for me uh, as far as producing. And he was also one of my biggest influences when it came to writing music. Um, him, my older brother. Um, and my cousin Raynell, my cousin Tinka, they had a song called Smoke. And literally the verse was just like, all I want to do is smoke, 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 smoke. And so like, like in those early days with them being able to record and them having their, like, you know, this is back when you used to record on physical tapes. Mm. So like, you know, like when you used to want to dub something off the radio, you used to have a physical seat, uh, uh, cassette tape that you would dub the song off the radio so you could play it whenever you want to. So like when we think about like you didn't just have the luxury at your hand to go listen to your favorite music whenever you wanted to. Not at all. Not, not without a cost. <laughs> if you didn't own it. So like that, that, that in its own self and, you know, seeing them produce their music and stuff like that. But that was very big and inspiring on me. Um, so I definitely have to mention my brother, my cousins, um, you know, as far as being my influence that got me not only started in music, but got me started in producing as well. Mm. Yeah, that's dope. Like, it's funny when we talk about dubbing tapes. You know? People, <laughs> literally a generation don't know nothing of what we even mean by that. Mm -hmm. That's hit and record and like, I think pause at the same time. And you got to make sure you know what time they was dropping on the radio. Yep. Or they make an announcement, you got to be ready with that tape ready. Uh, you don't want too much of the beforehand They get to talking. Hope you got a DJ that'll just play the shit through. Yep. That's a whole big ordeal. So you know what DJ's not to record over? Mm -hmm. They gonna ruin the record. But yeah, man, it, it, it's it, it's funny. Like you talk about music, and I I'll, I'll go with with music as well. Um, starting out, but you know, I've talked before about how my dad is the one who introduced me to you know a lot of music, and even my dad so much so playing Nigerian music. Um, like um, Nigerian high life music, hmm. just in the house and stuff like that. And what it did for me, like even going to, to college, going to JUCO, I used to wake my roommate up playing 
this Nigerian music every morning to the point he didn't wasn't even annoyed. He just started rocking with it. Mm. That was that's how I knew I was in a good mood. Like mm. we're gonna start the day, we're just gonna play some music. Um but even musically it's funny when I think about like growing up in Texas and it being uh for those who don't know, like there were certain mixtape capitals and like ecosystems of music. Like everybody know about New York. Mm. Um everybody not like Atlanta's an ecosystem within itself now, but Texas was a heavy, heavy ecosystem of music, meaning you don't have to go outside of there or very far outside of there to get whatever it is you're looking for. Hmm. And that included party records, chilling records. Like I grew up in a time where we got chopped and screwed music. We got, you know, screwed, got screwed up click out of Dallas. Um, you got people like Zero popping off. DSR. DSR, Chameleonaire, Paul, Paul Wall. Um, uh, Big Mo, Big Pokey, rest Lil in Kiki, peace. Little Kiki to Don, um, Big Tuck and Tum Tum out of Dallas. You know what I'm saying? I was about to say you mentioned in Dallas, hey, Mister Lucci and Mister Pookie. Lu- yeah, Psh, listen. Psh. So it's we and even even in that, people don't understand how different Dallas and Houston is yeah. sonically. Yeah, two different places. They yeah. is completely different musically. Um. And just what it even meant, like being on music and listening uh, to those tapes, headed, you know, like it's certain mixtapes and certain songs that come on now that are freestyle. That if you play, niggas be like, I'm headed to the cap on four swingers and adapters, mm. big, big booty snatcher. <laughs> like, it's like, what the? Man. Like, but everybody, if you played it, would know the words. And it's like, you know, when you hear the stuff like Lil Flip going platinum out his trunk. Like people don't understand, like we respected the hustle. Like he literally sold CDs and we would buy CDs out of trunk. We were very used to the underground market. I used, I used to love Lil Flip, especially when he dropped that I'm a leprechaun shit. Mm-hmm. 18, he was always bragging about his age. I'm 18, got this, own this, own that. So nah, I, I rock with Lil, with Lil Flip. Yeah, and and, it, and it's crazy because as an adult thinking about that ecosystem, that meant that people had to work together to, to make each other pop. Like, and that's what ended up happening. Like sometimes even probably more business than just liking each other. Hmm. But I think that kind of stuck with me as I grew to, to understand that if we going to make it, we got to work lateral hmm. to raise the bar. Most people reach up and try to get a bone. Like I need this. I need this cosign. I need this. Like, no, that homie right there, you should work with, do them a favor. They gonna do you one back if y'all was making if it's we talking music, I'm you know me I'm reaching out to other places like bro I think like you should make a record here, I know a perfect person in Nashville that LP should be have a whole album with, mm. and I'd be like y'all should just work on it do it, and go from there and see what happens. But I think because what you do is you cross your markets, now they got your market you got theirs. And then there's also a permeation out of more people that's just gonna reach. So y'all naturally gonna double, triple your market. Mm-hmm. So it like I'm big on that, and I think I got that that influence in general of working together and collaboration on a real level, kind of from watching and hearing what was happening around me. Mm. Like we're big on that, bro. Like it's just that's just the way. That's the only way to do it. You hear that about Atlanta now? Mm. They everybody say they all fuck with each other. Mm-hmm. So whatever they all working, nobody hating. Even this, even if you ain't doing trap music, there's still a respect for 
uh, what some people call backpack, but the the outcast, the Dungeon Family style. So nowadays that'll be like your Earth Gangs, mm-hmm. your JIDs, Grip, like people who just lyrical, but they still respect and they work with the with the trappers. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like. Honestly, that's inspiration. And, and it's funny because the few artists I did listen to outside of that ecosystem, now I ain't going to lie, bro. I was a huge, I got on a few posters. Huge Nelly fan. <laughs> Y'all got country grammar fucked up. But uh, Nelly, DMX, mm. those were the two posters that I had music. And I still, they still might be at the house mm. um, that I had on my wall. I love Bone Thugs and Harmony. And then had ended up going into eight ball of MJG. Man, yeah, you went there. Uh, <laughs> you went to a lot of different influences, especially early on. You start talking about eight ball of MJG, mm-hmm. um, you know, make you think about three six, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, make you think about Project Pat and all of those different people like that. So um, like as far as when it came to like getting yourself into music. I know your dad was very big and, you know, introducing you to music and a big inspiration. What, you know, um, for those who don't know the story, kind of what got you into DJing? How did you decide to to take that 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 shift and kind of what made you decide to make that your own? Um, so I got to Omaha and well let me start before Omaha. Kind of before Omaha, I was already in some ways, it's crazy acting as an A&R, right? And no, no verbiage for it, and this used to pop up. And what I mean is, in college, undergrad, um, being from Texas, we would have mixtapes early, right? So I got tapes I done got from my daddy. Then he done mailed them or I done brought them back. Went and got my car from Texas, drove it up, brought back hella CDs. So I'm bumping stuff. So one song in particular was Big Tuck, Not a Stain on Me. Hmm. And I was going in Ohio, and we going to the party. So me and the home, I played there for my homeboys. So me, Stav, Junie, uh, Pete, LJ, mm. like we just a click. So we will pull up every party. They'd be like, hey, throw that, throw that, throw that not a stain on me on. So we pulling up every party, banging out the fucking car. Oh, oh, oh. so we, so to the point where people is like, they don't know nothing about this. Mm. They're like, yo, what, what is that? So to the point where the the DJs. Like a couple of DJ homies, like, yo, what song is that? That's Big Tuck. So I would hand them the CD. They go burn it. You know what I'm saying? Um, started running it. Mm. Within a year, I was driving. I think we was going like to Columbus, probably to pick somebody up from the airport. I hear the fucking Big Tuck on the radio in Columbus, Ohio. I'm like, I think I did that. <laughs> I think that was me. Mm. But, you know, DJs, we going to share music. We going we gonna to collab. So they probably heard it. They got it. They started passing. Like, yo, what is that? Pass it, pass it. They should know Big Tuck is in a whole nother state that he wasn't before. Mm. I'm gonna take that credit, Big Tuck. I'm sorry. Yeah. This this is pre-real internet. You know mm. what I'm saying? We was be able to, you know, some Napster and LimeWire, but this is pre-real internet. I swear to God, I was just thinking that, bro. <laughs> um, as you was talking about, just you know, as we were talking about like some of the difficulties of getting music, but there's that whole other element of people wouldn't know what it was like to have illegal music. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like they was calling it piracy. Right. Stealing music is illegal. <laughs> Stealing movies is illegal. It's like the Boondocks. Right. You gonna end up in jail, <laughs> but. Man, yeah. I, I think the worst disappointment 
ever in history used to be waiting those two hours for that song to download. You press play and that mug said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. I did, however, go to such and such.com. I think that that was the, this generation don't know about that type of stuff. So when you talk about like crate digging, right? Like mm-hmm. that's digital crate digging in a whole nother way. Cause you used to have LineWire, FrostWire, BearShare, Napster, Kasai, all of that stuff, bro. I was the mixtape king. I used yeah. to burn these mixed CDs, bruh. To have a song that was good all the way through, with a, and have a song without a random ass drop in the middle. Random of drop. No, 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 no. We're like, yo, chill the fuck out, dog. Like, you don't even know it. You playing the record, just like, oh man, they done fucked my mix up. Yeah, it was crazy, bro. But yeah, man, it was crazy because I was, I did, I was doing that. So I'm listening to music. I'm a, I'm a album person, so I always find the cuts on albums. Hmm. And then I got to even like the grad school. You know, going to house parties and even in grad school, and they'd be like, "Yo, somebody, you know, everybody trying to get on some work." I'm just kind of chilling a lot of times. I'm in the cut. Hey, yo, somebody get on the ox. And I'm like, once you get on the ox, you can't leave because it's an actual ox core, ain't no Bluetooth. Mm. So like, damn, now my phone's stuck here. So I would be playing records and I'm just in there. Like, how do I keep a house party that's not like up? It's not like a torque house party. It's just like a chill vibe. I'm like, all right. So I'm now I'm thinking about curation, like. Mm. All right, let me play this. I remember being in that in uh, in Georgia in grad school, and I only remember this because it was the finest woman I ever met in my life. <laughs> I swear to God, she's sitting right by me. So I'm trying to show out on our scores. So I'm pulling records out of my ass. I'm like, we throwing some Saha to Prince. We in Georgia, but just get on this Ivy League real quick. Boom, throwing on records and started talking to her. So now I'm feeling myself. So now I got to keep it going to keep. You know, keep some synergy going. Shout out to Gia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, but uh, I always got stuck with playing music mm. a lot of times. So when I got to Omaha, I literally made it to grad school with no laptop. Shout out to my old roommate, Keisha. Um, she would let me, I used to work third shift overnight at a place, and she used to let me borrow her laptop sometimes. She sleeps, so I'm like, let me get your laptop, do my homework, you know. While I'm up watching these uh, these kids at this uh, facility, um, but I got the Omaha. I got my first laptop. For, you know, I got a check, so I'm like, I'm gonna go get a laptop. So <laughs> I got a laptop, and like, and I I was just knew I was interested in music, so I was like, man, I I think I literally just had a epiphany. Like, I think I want to DJ, dog. Like, so I went and got a controller, uh, Newmark uh, mix track. I think it was mix track two, Newmark mix track two. I didn't know what to do with it. I'm looking up videos. I don't know what I'm doing. So I started talking to a young lady who ended up being my wife. She was like, hey, I got this DJ I used to intern for. I just, I work at this arts institute. He's doing this class for kids. I can talk to him and see if you can come through. So she did. And she was like, yeah, just pull up, come through. Mm-hmm. So they having this whole workshop. I go in there, there's nothing but like 10-year-old white kids, right? <laughs> I ain't my big grown ass. <laughs> with my little new mark. So I'm talking to him. He going through the class. I'm practicing with him. And he was like, yeah, since Joe gave me this check, got me this check, I'll let you take my class for free. It's like a six or eight week class. I'm like, cool. Uh, so I literally was with him every week uh, working on techniques um, and all that, you know what I'm saying? Like the basics, but working on technique, being able to hear a beat, being able to find a beat. So he purposely like be off a beat. And you got to go catch it quick because, you know, let's say you mixing with somebody you're in the middle of a party and they off, you off, you got to get to it. You can't just 
back out sometimes. You got to move, move the you got to move the turntable a certain and, and speed it up or slow it down. Um, mess with the tempo. So we were doing that, like all that kind of stuff, playing, chasing records, uh, playing records without looking at the screen. So being able to drop on the on the correct beat just from your ears, mm-hmm. old school. You ain't had no screen. You got to be able to know when to drop. Mm-hmm. So like that type of stuff, man. Like that's why he ended up in my top for inspiration and DJing. But uh, yeah, man, that was that's 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 really how I got started, bro. Like. And just from and you know having the right connections, somebody teach me the right way and keeping me interested. But my but my my love for finding something different didn't even come from music. Um, I think my I have an interest for the obscure and uh, off the beaten path in general. Mm. Like I grew up, you know, wanting to skateboard and shit. Mm. Like literally watching X Games. Like I had Tony Hawk, but I also had skateboard and roller skates. I was about to say had Tony Hawk, but was you rocking with Kareem Campbell? <laughs> a little bit. But I, Bucky Lasik was my nigga, dog. So. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie, Bucky. He was a little looser on the board. He was he was just that's my dude. You know, Kareem was the only black yeah, dude, so you know, on the game yes. you get him, but he was weak as hell yeah, on the so game. That, but give me Bucky. Yeah. Bucky, I used to get crazy with mm. Bucky Lasik, but uh. <laughs> That's funny. Most people have no clue who we talk. Uh, shout out to them in real life. They the homies. But uh, it was like that. And then I was big into words. I've always been getting the words. I've been good, you know, good student. So I remember getting in, interested in just reading. And I used to read the Give Yourself Goosebumps books. Mm. The ones you had to read at the end of the page to know what you had to pick a path to go. Mm-hmm. So I always would read those books versus the regular Goosebumps books. So I always like the ability to have choice and little craziness, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, that, and I got real big into poetry, not real big, but I got interested. I was used to watch, so I used to watch TV with my mama. Mm. You know, mama's gonna be having some shows. So a lot of shows we shouldn't be watching. But my mom, one of my mama's shows was Girlfriends. Mm. So I would watch Girlfriends, and I remember seeing this, this dude on here. I'm like, who is this dude? He's like a poet dude. His name was like Savage, Savant or Savage on the okay. show. But that Saul Williams is his real name. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked him up. Like, oh, he got some books. And I remember doing a project on one of his books, a poem out of one of his books on the the Dead MC Scrolls. Mm-hmm. So it's really based in hip hop, but talking about uh, more so uh, not just the death of our connection to real rhythm and flow but our connection to where we get rhythm and flow from so it was a big connection with what we've lost from being outside the diaspora mm. through a thread throughout the book so you know shout out to Saul Williams so he really piqued my interest and if you know Saul he's very much out there and he's one of my favorite people who I ended up getting to meet when we were in like Montreal and stuff like that's he's really one of my artistic or creative or thinking inspirations like biggest ones in life for me personally. And, you know, I've been afforded the opportunity to literally speak with him and talk to him and see him perform live. You know what I'm saying? One of my favorite shows of all time, you know, was small and it was, but that's, I just love who he is and what he represents and just the, the ability to express and, and to think outside of the social norms. And it ain't about agreeance with them. It's about, the ability to think outside of what 
structure has already told you. So I, I covet that. And that's that's one of my, that's probably over any musician, that's my biggest creative mm. um, influence um, and how I think about how I go about things. And he's very intentional. So I, that's why I'm intentionality with how I do events or what I want to do. Like if there's a person outside of like my direct influence of my pops, it's probably Saul Williams mm. on a creative tip. Mm. So, mm. and like for yourself, I know like John, you do a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but what, who, what is that, that creative pilot match for you? Or it was that pilot match that kind of set you off on this path of whether you call it creative discovery mm. or what have you, like who, who, who is the, who is the lighter? What is the lighter mm. that got you to, to think and to be kind of where you at? Man. Um, so yeah, as far as like, when it comes to music, like I got more direct influence, but when it comes to creativity, I can't necessarily, you know, like maybe I'm more less conscious of the influence, you know? Um, one of my strengths is learner. So uh, that's my second strength as far as my Clifton strengths as learner. So one thing I definitely do is I, I always enjoy learning. And one thing about teaching is teaching is nothing but learning amplified. Like it's a two-way learning process. So like, you know, um, I would say just one of my natural strengths and being a learner, I got a lot of wide peaks, a lot of wide interests and a lot of different stuff. And I think um, it's something that we don't really – think about consciously because like as you was talking about like Kareem Campbell and the skateboard I started thinking about some of the games I used to play like we used to play Tony Hawk skateboarder we used to play the snowboarding games like I used to play all of that different stuff so like that's anger yeah that stuff was all that stuff was all cool when we was coming up you know like um so I think that you know I can't say that there's an individual person who has really like sparked my my desire to want to create um retroactively um, somebody who I discovered recently and it kind of gave me more permission to be and do whatever I wanted to do uh, was Paul Roberson. Mm. Um, Very, very phenomenal brother, athletic, you know, played four sports. I think he ran track, played football, basketball, all of that Um, was an actor, singer, all of that stuff. But that's a person who had a very, very big influence on a lot of people. Um, When you go and study Malcolm, and you listen to the cadence in which he speaks with, go study Paul Roberson mm-hmm. and then see what the influence was. So um, just seeing like how a lot of our older ancestors had to wear many hats. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's that's where some of that influence and, you know, just permission to do and not box myself in and came in at. Um, but, you know, I can't say that there's been a specific person where it's like, yeah, I want to be like this person creatively. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, streamlining the ability to streamline is a privilege Mm -hmm. to be able to focus and hone in on your craft at a young whatever that thing is young is a privilege Mm -hmm. and that privilege can also be a hindrance Mm -hmm. especially when you're not the top of the food chain Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying like the top are going to get rewarded Mm -hmm. what happens if you are streamlining and it don't work out Mm -hmm. What do you have? You have no adaptability. Mm-hmm. You know that's. I think that was number four on my list. Mm-hmm. Clifton, just being able to move, mm-hmm. maneuver, just happen, pivot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, no, that's hard. Like shit, that had to. They had to be multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, and when you think about people, we 
should feel like we have to be multiple things, but we get caught up in de- definitions nowadays. Mm-hmm. Everything had to have a hard definition instead of just being mm-hmm. and being what's needed. <laughs> How do you know I'm, I'm what I'm needed to be in this moment? Mm. How about that? Mm. Like, what else? What, what else I'm supposed to be? Mm. You know, um, we get caught up in too much, but yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. It's, I I really be thinking about you know why I do what I do or how I do it. And some things I don't have answers for. Some things is just a conglomerate of, of shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is cool. Like, mm-hmm. like musically, like I can say this person inspired me, but bro, I was, grew up in the church so, <laughs> and played. I was the third, the backup drummer to the backup drummer, right? Mm-hmm. So I know I got rhythm, you know what I'm saying? So church is part of why I got rhythm and can count and know how to do this stuff and understand notes and what sound good with what, <laughs> singing in the kids' choir, why are you trying to hit on the home girl that stay at the, that go to the church that's forty minutes away? Mm-hmm. Couldn't wait till till are we going out of town today? Where are we going? Yeah, hey Reggie, you going? <laughs> All right, we going. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it's 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 funny to really just sit and think like who really or what man really did it like and and one other and I think my last inspiration was uh, it's really a class. I'll say, uh, yeah, I'll say a class, and it was a class I took in elementary where it was like I was in a gifted, it was to be like gifted program. So we actually got to get bused like once a week or once every couple weeks to go do something else like at another school and get in our interest. And I remember, this is probably like third grade, fourth grade, and I remember taking uh, architecture mm. as a young kid. Young, young, and I remember having my kit, and and even in class we was they were like our project, our main project was to to design your dream home, mm. and I, I've always been a person to to really think and ideate what I want, mm. like truly I've been this, and it, it was crazy because I'm drawing my dream home. Everybody got like little home. Nigga, <laughs> my dream home. As soon as you walked in, swear to God. I had like stall bathrooms, <laughs> men's and women's. And they teachers like, why do you have, what's all these toilets? I got bathroom, like stall, like multiple toilets. She's like, why you had that? I said, because I'm going to have parties and people got to be able to use the bathroom. Mm. I'm like in the fourth grade. Because <laughs> again, I again, influence. I grew up with my pops. Every birthday party turned into his party. Mm. And then he got four <laughs> kids. So he got four extra reasons outside of holidays to throw parties fight night parties mm. so we up sneaking around <laughs> get your ass in the bed like the bed is right by the window that's right here next to where y'all partying what are y'all talking about we mm. not sleep yeah S- sneaking around you know what I'm saying so i'm used to house partying hosting mm. i'm used to seeing people up literally craig smoking meat mm. on the grill at three four in the morning so the brisket can be ready by 11 the next day like i'm used to this so I always thought about like, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's my, again, I'm going to be like my folks. That's So it was just, and I've always thought outside of what society told Everybody had their dream home was like two, three beds. I'm I'm up for putting bowling alleys. Like, why y'all stuck? Mm-hmm. They said dream, dog. So mm-hmm. I've always been somebody to really think about what could be or just uh, who cares if it's going to happen or not. Like, try to go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that class helped me. Even instructionally, just and with the hand, just being able to draw and being measured, um, 
taking measured steps. Like that was one of the classes, like architecture is super dope class. I know most of it's digital now, but a lot of people still teach you with your hands because it helps your brain function when you, you know, there's a big correlation between cognitive ability uh, linked to like your hand and calligraphy. So mm -hmm. um, they still believe in, you got to draw this out. You got to put pen to paper, like uh, instead of just typing and using a mouse. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, like that class was a, a big help. And it's crazy because I'm in the gifted class. Like you don't get that. No, not too many other kids got an opportunity even for that. Mm. So, mm. and it just makes me think about how many kids and how many of us we aren't unlocking mm. because we don't get those type of opportunities. Mm. Yeah. You know, it mm. shouldn't be a gifted class. It should be a class given to everybody to unlock their gifts. Yeah, no, nah, there's a, a Torrance test of creativity by a brother out there in Minnesota. So like, I think that, you know, we just got to get to a point where school is designed to teach people how to think, not what to think. And, mm -hmm. you know, we know why it's not, but definitely it's important to give students and kids the tools to amplify who they are. Mm. Yes, sir. And I, I got, I think one more question for you, Johnny. Yes, sir. Thinking about your what's inspired, how you've been inspired and your ability to inspire through your work. What is it that you aspire to achieve? Mm. Some, uh, one or two things. Now that I don't need to, you know, we ain't got enough time to get into everything. For sure. Um, nah, definitely keep it simple. I'm, I'm just thinking about the full context of the conversation. There's a lot that I didn't get to speak on as far as influences, story, all of that different stuff. I just want to give a couple of shout outs for sure. Uh, definitely got to give a, sh a shout out to Tupac, man. Mm. Um, you know, Tupac, uh, just a different level of artistry, poetry, and putting that to work. Um, got to give a shout out to Top Authority um, mm -hmm. from Flint, Michigan. You know, real raw, rugged music, man. Got to give a shout out to Dipset in specific to Juel Santana. I wanted mm. to be Juel's. Mm. That was my guy, man. I wanted to be Dipset. They was the freshest crew I ever seen around, you know. Yeah, nobody's topping they. Nobody's topping the fashion of that click as a click as an era. As a click as an era, the beats, the production, everything mm. that they represented just was style personified. They was crazy, man. So I just got to give a couple of those shout outs. Uh, what do I aspire to do, man? Um, in the short term, man. Um, I was told that I was put here to lead millions of young people. My ego is not there no more where that word lead stand out to me. The word lead could be subjugated or substituted for teach. So I'm here to teach millions of young people. Um, I'm just here to teach, bro, um, to personify the lessons, the life lessons, the things that's been given to me, my perspective, um, mm -hmm. because a perspective is just a view of things. But the way I view things is unique. Um, everything about me is unique and just embracing that. So I just aspire to continue to teach people. Um, and the best way that you can teach people is to be a living example. Yes, sir. Practice over theory. Yep. And make sure we get them searched for the pod. Yep. <laughs> Practice over theory. Yep. Um, I think even for myself, it's as simple as to stay motivated and stay creative. You know me pretty well. You give me a problem, I'm going I'm to give you a solution. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit if it's a good one or a bad one, but I'm going to give you something like, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Mm -hmm. So why don't we do this? Mm. I'm, I'm motion. Mm -hmm. I am in motion. I'm in. I'm a current. Mm. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm with mm-hmm. I'm with the waves. I'm I'm a tide. So I like to continue to motion to be in motion, you know. Still waters are dead water. So <laughs> um I wanna continue to be creative. I wanna my creative juices flowing and to continue to, to to think in ways to do and improve and not get jaded mm-hmm. and not get stagnant. And not worry about what everybody else is doing. Just continue mm. to keep pushing the envelope, mm. like till it break. Mm. Like I'ma just keep pushing till I don't care. Break one way or another. Either break break me down, mm. or we break and hit it big. That part. Just till we break. So um, I'm really on that. I'm really on it. And, I, and more and more, I keep doing something like that. I'm really on that. Mm. Really on that path. So most definitely, man. Teach and create. Yes, sir. That's it, man. That's all we own. That's it. Shout out to the young guy for allowing us to do both of those with him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, to, like you said, re- reciprocate. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Learning. Making my ass learn more tech and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it like, far more than I can compensate mm. You know now. Mm. But it's coming. So, yeah, man. Man, this has been a cool little... Yeah. Little combo, man. Book us for your next session of you niggas need no. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah. So it's it's real, um, it's real though. So I just felt that we just never gave that to the people or gave it to ourselves to give to the people mm-hmm. and just to really reflect and think. Um and I'm happy we got to do it, man. Uh, a lot of stuff coming. We on the second half of the year, mm-hmm. so we got a lot more room to get this shit done. Yeah, Continue man. to work. Well, shit, speak for yourself. I'm at the oh, point where uh, I'm removing shit from my plate. My so. nigga is going into the mm-hmm. yes, sir. Cacalysis. <laughs> chrysalis. Chrysalis. Yes, sir. We Crystallizing. Yes, sir. He gonna come back out shining when he do. Mm-hmm. So just hold on. Don't ask me when. I don't know. <laughs> he don't know. Mm-mm. He just go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Hibernate. So... Um, and I'm gonna keep pushing. Like you know, we got big things coming up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just finishing out the year, planning for next year, planning for beyond the year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like really getting to it. Um, yeah, we gonna keep creating, keep elevating. Sometimes you gotta be still. You know what I'm saying? Uh, gotta wait. You know what I'm saying? We often talk about wait as two meanings. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time for that other meeting, the mm. one everybody think it means, to be mm. still. Mm. You know, wait can mean to serve, do what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. We've been doing that. Mm. Maybe it's time to now wait. Mm. Mm. But you just got to know when the right time is for which one. So we going to, you know, let's get to it, whatever that two is. Yes, so, sir. man, it's been dope. Uh, I'm glad we here, and I'm glad we still continue to move forward, man. Uh, I appreciate everybody. Y'all know where to find us. It's Streets A&R. It's Streets A-A-N-D-R. I'm glad I've said that a million times because I be finna mess it up because I start thinking, like, no, just say it. Uh, We on everything but Apple, man. And uh, follow us on all socials, man. Make sure y'all comment, like, subscribe, share, follow. Uh, Tell people to tell people, man. Listen, man. We appreciate everything that y'all are doing and have done. Uh, thus far, man, on our journey with us, mm-hmm. and we still rolling, man. We got big, big teams to do. Yes, sir. Big teams, man. And we finna get up out of here, man. It's your host, Giddy Jicky, with it. It's your other host, Johnny No Good. And we out, man. Till next time.
Peace. Peace. The beats, the flow, the rhythm. All movements start from the streets. Street saying our podcast.